0: Hello everyone and welcome to the PDX Spotlight Podcast. I'm your sometimes host and associate producer, Mike Mooney. This episode of the show features Mers. We caught up with MERS just before he went on stage for his live performance at the Hawthorne Theatre in April of 2019. Please enjoy our conversation with MERS. Welcome everyone to the PDX Spotlight Podcast. We are here at the Hawthorne Theater mm. uh, with Mers. Um, we're really, really excited. I'm a huge fan.
1: Okay, awesome. Thank
0: um, you. I've been listening to you for a long time. Uh, All right. Uh, uh, I actually first heard you when uh, 316, the ninth edition, came out. So it was like a long, yeah, it was a while 2004. ago. 2004. Yeah. Uh, a friend yeah. of mine showed me that, and uh, I've been on your stuff ever since. Thank so, you. So, so not everybody is. Uh, as big of a fan as, as I am, um, and I'm guessing some people out there that are big fans of yours don't know that your name is actually an acronym, um, so I mm. wanted to get that one out of the way first. If you could tell us kind of wh- what it means, and then also kind of how, how that came to be, how you came up with that.
1: Um, I have a a fondness for alliteration and acronyms. Um, but originally the name was not an acronym, and so I guess it's been referred to by some people as a, a backronym. Um, but it could stand for in anything. It really, uh, you know, I, I, I shy away from the acronym just because it doesn't—it doesn't mean anything. I don't. I wish I could say it did, but it, it doesn't. Oh, really? It just kind of came to me. Um, I used to be able to come up with one on the spot, but. I mean, it could be like a puzzle, like crosswords for the for the people listening. Whatever you think you can come up with, um, it's kind of like the, uh, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. I think <laughs> I want to leave it like that now. So, like, people, you know, if you feel like you're good at acronyms, go, I had a shirt once with, like, 30. I got up to 32. <laughs> so, go for it. You know what I'm saying?
0: So, anything you think it means, it means?
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty open. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. The U can. I know that you can be used as ugly. S could be used as stupid. You know. But go for whatever you want. You know. All
0: right. Um. So. Like I like I mentioned to you, I've been listening to your music for a whole long time. And when I heard that you got signed to Strange, I've also been a big fan of Tech Nine. Like, oh wow. Really love underground stuff and like some amazing stuff has come out of Strange music. So how did that all come about? uh like how did you get signed oh. by by strange and and also i wanted to and maybe i make this two questions okay. uh the Merz Day album uh-huh. with mayday yes is amazing well, i was I listening so. to that the other day and it's it's so much
1: fun to listen to
0: how did all that come
1: about uh i originally heard of tech nine on the gang related soundtrack many many moons ago and i was into freestyle fellowship and people who rap really fast we call it f- flipping back then and now they call he calls it chopping, but um on the West Coast it was flipping or I forget uh styling. There's like all kind of things. But rap fast rapping. Yeah. And uh I was like, Oh, who's this guy flipping it on on this gang related soundtrack? It's really dope. I think it was called Questions. It was an amazing song. And I became a fan, and then we both had videos in rotation. I think two of the first independent artists to get in rotation on BET And we had uh or independent underground artists, not like independent. Independent gangster rap has always been a staple. But um we made it on BT cut He had the um. This is the town where the clowns put it down. I don't know what this, Mama, don't stop on. And I had Risky Business featuring Shock G. So I would watch his video all the time, and then I became even more of a fan. And I bought Angelic and uh, what's the other one? When he's in front of the crowd. Oh, like absolute power, absolute power, and Angelic. And I was real like, oh, this guy is amazing. Yeah. And uh when I started my festival I started a festival called pay dues I believe it's the first independent hip-hop festival ever and my goal was to get all independent hip-hop acts so the first one was supposed to be like Def Jux, living legends uh, hieroglyphics rhyme sayers and rap a lot and I was able to pull some of those artists not all of them but over the years as it grew I got more draw so then I'm it I told my partner i want to reach out to tech 9 and one of the um, young ladies I worked in the office was also an A&R for Tech Nines, one of Tech Nines' albums, first person to sign him to a bigger label. And uh, she's like, I know Tech, and she had been begging my partner to put him on Rock the Bells, and she kept saying no, no. And then now she's like, Merce gets it. So she called Tech Nine right there in the room. She's like, Tech, this is Merce, Merce is a fan. He wants you to play his festival. Tech was like, thank you so much. And then Travis was like, me and Tech wanna fly you out to Kansas City. And I was like, for what? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I had seen this um, psychometry and I thought that was really dope and i got into insane clown posse as one well, i watched their documentary and they were very i got a lot of inspiration from the bay area independent scene and then the midwest independent scene from rhyme sayers psychopathic records and uh strange music were all huge influences watching how they were doing things yeah and it blew my mind so i said, "I know what you guys got going on there but yeah. i hadn't seen the new office and that's what they wanted to show me so i flew out there um uh, with my now friend uh dave weiner who was who was formerly formerly VP of Strange Music, and uh, me and Dave got to talking, and he you know he, I was like oh man Dave works here I liked him, and then everyone I met as I got went through the office, Valdora, Glinda, Miss Penny who does the merch like everyone's just so kind, and the fucking the facility was amazing, and then after the tour he's like so we want to invite you on tour since you invited us to your show, and he offered me an obscene amount of money to go on tour with Tech Nine and. I was like, wow, man, this is, fuck, yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, I think my agent at the time was not, my management was there kind of like, so what? And I was like, (laughs) no, this is a great (laughs) thing. And I had an offer to go on tour with a little more mainstream hip-hop act that wasn't paying as much, and I didn't think they'd be around in 10 years, and I was right, they weren't around in 10 years. But it was a cooler tour, and I was on Warner Brothers at the time, and they wanted me to do the cooler tour, and I was like, I want to do it with these guys. Yeah. Because yeah. they're where I want to be in the future. Like, and I still don't know if it was the right decision, but um, definitely they offered. They were the first artists. A lot of artists that I put on the show, and it's okay, don't usually reciprocate, but he immediate, was immediately reciprocating, and I thought that was amazing. That's cool. Um, you, you made us an offer, and I made you And then from, and he, I think he knew too, I think he was excited to play my festival, but, because once you see Tech Nine perform, he says, you're infected. And, uh, he knew the people were going to get affected. And my partner, who had not wanted him to, or did not want it but didn't care to put him on Rock the Bells for many years, yeah. finally saw the performance live and was like, holy shit, I got to get this guy on Rock the Bells. And then from there, he did Rock the Bells. And then from there, it was kind of like he broke through. And so it was great. It was great for me, great for Tech. And uh, from there, we became I became closer with Travis and, and Dave. And uh, when I was looking for a label, it was... Uh, it didn't work out at first.
0: Um, with with Strange, it didn't work out at first? Yeah.
1: We, we talked a little bit in 2011, and then uh, Mayday asked me to do a feature on their song Hardcore Bitches, and uh, I got into them, and I liked their sound. And people liked the song, and so I said, we should do a project together, and then Burn said, we should do a Merse Day. I was like, I already have a song called Merse Day, but that's a good name. <laughs> and I was really through my desire to do Merse Day, and like, I had options of... Kind of trying to get back out there and do something on a with the label because I would kind of retreated to Tucson after I left Warner Brothers and kind of just went into my shell and wasn't really into doing too much and uh, I was like fine let's do something with strange because they were still you know I wanted to go to radio and they're still going to radio and I believed in Mayday and I wanted to do something with them I feel like when they came to strange they started to kind of cater to the strange sound which is yeah. fine but it became darker yeah and they're from a beach city kind of like me i'm from la like a coastal city like i thought they had more brightness in them and they used to have brightness in them yeah and i wanted to do something like a strange music album that didn't have darkness yeah like when i was on Def Jux, like i could have done an album produced by lp but i brought in ninth wonder and i brought in shock g and i brought in like i always try to bring color and light wherever i go and i was like oh strange gets his reputation as this dark thing but everyone here like i said they're all such nice people that they take care of their employees it's like a happy place to me. Like yeah. I had a great time on tour with these guys and I want to kind of bring a lighter side and I don't want to rel- I didn't feature tech on a song until my last album with strange. Yeah. My fourth my fourth album. Like I didn't want to like try to ride tech um you know I didn't yeah. I wanted to be my own thing kind of bring people like Cess crew and to my fan base. Yeah. I think they get pushed unfairly into this Juggalo lane. Anyway, and uh we did merch I went to Miami and to me it's one of my favorite albums I've ever done and it's it's hard for me to listen to because I feel like it was a, a great album, they're great producers and it should have done a lot better. Um, I don't yeah, know it was numbers really wise.
0: Fun album like it was really fun. Like I was <coughs> listening to it again the other day. I like I bought it back when it came out and then I was listening to it again the other day. because I knew we were Some doing shit. this, and it's just a really like it's a good time. Like you were talking about strange being really dark and that's I, I don't see that in that album at all.
1: Yeah, that was the goal, just be in Miami and having them do more Latin things. Like, they had a Latin sound, but, like, there was no... I was like, let's speak Spanish on the album. Yeah. Let's talk about Miami shit. We're leaving in Miami for two weeks. Like, let's get coladas. Let's go to the beach. Let's have a drink, and let's have parties. And, you know, like, I didn't really eat meat or drink, but I was like, if that's what you guys are into, like, let's have some chicken, and let's fucking drink some Jack Daniels, and, like, let's just have fun. Yeah. And uh, I think it came off that way. I just... Like I said, I wish it would have done better. That's why I'm kind of hesitant to ever do another one until the first one goes platinum, I'll wait.
0: Yeah, well, I'll buy the rest of them. Yeah, there you go, man. <laughs> so, I want to hear a second one. I, we got to get the first one platinum. Yeah. you Yes, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's, can we talk a little bit about producers? Uh-huh, sure. Um, you've worked with a lot of producers, like mm-hmm. you were talking about. Um, uh, you got an album coming up with Ninth Wonder. Yes. Is there anything that you can tell us about that album?
1: Uh, it's called "The Iliad is Dead and the Odyssey is Over." It's produced by Ninth Wonder and the Soul Council. Uh, they recently their most popular album is the Grammy-nominated "Layla's Wisdom" by Rhapsody. So the same production team that did that did this record. They also did a record that's really amazing called "The All" by Smith and Wesson, uh, which probably to me is the second best Smith and Weston album of all time. Uh, and I and I think the best some of the best music from Jamla and Dreamville is coming out of North Carolina right now. And I have roots there from 316, and I just like yo the two my two favorite albums of the past decade are 2014 Forest Hills Drive and Layla's Wisdom, and they're both from North Carolina MCs, and they recorded in North Carolina. And I kind of just wanted to take advantage of that energy, so we recorded over two weeks this winter. Oh wow, so and, it's, it's and, done. It's done. Yeah, it was done December 15th. My vocals were done. We've been waiting for mixes. Okay. Um, so hopefully it'll be out. And, uh, and I know it doesn't make sense to record an album in winter and release it in summer, but it'll be. Uh, out hopefully mid to late May.
0: Okay. I can't wait. Um, so, and this is a, this is a, a bit of a, a, a turn I'll say. Uh-huh. Um, sadly, Nipsey Hustle just, just passed. And uh, I was listening to your album and you actually, uh, you, you have a song where you mention him. Um, I, I, w- I just wanted to get kind of a, uh, your experience of hearing about his passing, and 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 kind of what, how you how you handled it.
1: Um, it's very unfortunate. Um, it's a, a huge blow to my city, and to the hip hop nation, and 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 unbeknownst to the nation as a whole, and in the, the world, I think it's a loss to the entire world. Um, today somebody put out a chart I think Karen Civil, um, God bless her, put out a, a chart of all the things Nipsey was involved in. Yeah. like from cryptocurrency to yeah. like everything uh, like the first he invested in the first uh streaming platform but solely based on cryptocurrency and like subscriptions and things he was working on that didn't get to come to fruition things i know because i live in the Crenshaw area like i live off Crenshaw on 108th and uh my family lives there and we you know i've ever ever since um i mean i i i didn't realize how important Nipsey was to me on a subconscious level like I love E40s and my favorite rapper of all time. I've maybe mentioned him once in a song. I've mentioned Nipsey three times. Oh really? In three different albums. Like and I didn't realize that till we were doing rehearsal and I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And I remember I have a line in a song called Fresh Kicks that came out in 2008, and we shot it at the store, the video like at part of it at his store mm-hmm. when it first opened because I wanted to give him shine and you know, the rest of the world wasn't huge man. but you know, I make reference to him in the song and people would always look at me like, okay, that's cool. I don't get the metaphor. Who's Nipsey Hussle, you know, yeah, who's yeah. Nipsey. And I was like, ah, you know, but then as he grew, I saw people catch on to that metaphor, like over the years. And it was fun to watch him grow. And he did pay dues. in one year he, I think he was coming from the Pacific Northwest and he missed his flight and he missed his set. And I rarely had anyone miss a set of pay dues. And, uh, the next year he dm me on twitter and said i want to do it and i do it for free to make it up to you i remember that i let you down and just pay my band and i'll come through and uh it was really admirable he was always a man of his word whenever i saw him he was really kind and just full of light and uh i think yeah it it hit me harder than i thought it would and uh i shed shed a few tears and uh yeah we we been, i've been wearing all black every day on tour because you know a lot of artists refuse to put out music um, until it was proper morning time, I didn't have the luxury. Cause I had already tour, had a tour booked. Yeah. I don't say luxury. I just didn't have the the means to do that. So in order, and so when I perform on this whole tour, all forty one dates is all black. Um, I just, it's a, it's sad, but I think that he is his spirit has risen stronger. It's sad for his family and his friends, um, but I'm happy to see the way he's being honored and that people felt the same way and. Uh, that's I guess that's the bright side of a very sad situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's 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 such a tragedy. Um Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I I don't know. I don't know. I didn't have a any transition for that. <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna be that
1: I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't want to go too it's deep. A, no, but you can't for it's me totally fine. Yeah, when you when you mention him it's um like we went to the same high school, you know, 9 years apart or and I don't know if he finished, I barely finished. But, you know, he like me was busted in from a, another neighborhood and he was exposed to different things, but he never forgot where he was from and incorporated everything and everything about the city into everything he did. Um, but in a way that it was relatable for people outside of the city. Um yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's any like it's hard to transition out of that question, yeah, it but is. it's also hard for my. I think my city is in a process of transitioning life without him. Yeah, and trying it's to like, figure out where maybe is. something I don't think we took for granted, but something we didn't think would be gone as soon because
0: so suddenly,
1: so suddenly, and you know he was just on the verge of like the things he did and put in place were all in not all in 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 um, preparation, but there's a huge train coming to the Crenshaw district. And it's been an upheaval. They've been tearing up Crenshaw, which is a major artery for the black community. And he made sure that black businesses and young people of color and people of color and business owners of color were involved in the transition, that we didn't get gentrified we didn't get pushed out. There's so many people fighting with him. And he was one from our generation. that was fighting hard and making sure there's I think it's a one point three mile art walk area that honors the everything he was pushing and he's not going to get to see that and that breaks my heart when that train finally it's going to be the first stop from LAX that people from all around the world that take that train see the first place they're going to stop is the Crenshaw District which is the heart of the black community there and he did so much to make sure that we didn't get erased and that when people got there they knew who we were and uh it it completely destroys me to to realize that he's not going to get to I mean, you know, maybe in a spiritual sense he'll get to see it. Um and so yeah, he was cheated. He was definitely robbed and we were all robbed and his family was robbed. So, like I said, it's hard to transition out of the question and I'm still trying to figure out yeah. and not being home and seeing my city mourn and not being able to see the change happen when I get back.
0: Well, not being able to mourn with them. Yeah. That's another big part of it.
1: So it's a uh, um yeah. It's yeah, it's so yeah, it's it's a rough transition overall.
0: Yeah, for for all for everybody um so you've also again i don't this is this is the worst possible transition i could have come up with uh so you i want to talk about producers i know we have a little bit but um do you choose uh the producers that you work with based on the concept for the song that you have or do you just hear producers that you like and you go i want to work with them how does the how does the whole how does it come together
1: Hmm um just people that i know that i like or i ask other people what they think i'm not i'm a very a musical person i'm a very literal person and a, um i'm i'm a writer i'm a storyteller uh so music is not my forte so i'll ask someone or if i know someone is doing well or i feel inspired by something then i'll ask them if they want to do beats for me but i usually let the producer choose the tracks, and then whatever speaks to me, they'll send me some, and I'll say, okay. If I don't get an idea in the first fifteen twenty seconds, then it's probably not the one for me. Send me another one,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we'll, yeah, whatever comes to me, I'll I'll write. It doesn't always mean it's good, but it it's something. Well, I mean,
0: everything I've heard has been good.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, I don't, but yeah, <laughs> no one gets to hear everything. You know, yeah. like, you know, like for for Ninth Wonder and I, and even Seven when we did the most recent album, Strange Journey to the Unimaginable. There's always half the songs that never make it. So if there's yeah. twelve songs on the album, there's probably twelve other ones that never will see the light of day. And then those are the twelve that I record. and there's probably five more that I wrote that I'd even feel like I should be speaking into a microphone. Yeah. So there's a lot of throwaway shit.
0: But I mean that's I think that's everybody, right? Like everybody who does anything has they don't they don't produce they don't release a hundred percent of it. Yeah. That's there's true. A lot of artists, a lot of people who paint who don't. You know, yeah, paint painters, a lot of shit. Yeah, skaters do that as well. Yeah. So, I have one more question for you. Okay. Uh, lighten it up a little bit. All right. In 2008, yes, Murray's for president. Yes. There have been a lot of people who have declared their candidacy for president mm. recently, mm-hmm. like within the last six, eight months. I'm curious if there's anything you wanted to announce today.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely not running for president. Oh. Definitely. I don't have the qualifications. <laughs> I'm definitely not well versed enough in politics but um, I think being the president of hip hop has always interest, interested me and I recently had a stint as the uh, writer director or not writer co-director producer and uh, as a star or host of a show called The Breakdown for Hip Hop DX uh, where we cover topics like old school versus new school homophobia and hip hop islamophobia and hip-hop just things like that it's a little 10-minute kind of op-ed piece that i do and uh a lot of when i first started people were the 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 website or i guess the producers the executive producer ceo of the company say well maybe you should ease off on the history lessons you know like young people watch youtube this is a young platform and the more I started going onto the streets, there's kids who never heard me rap in my life. Like I was walking through New Jersey airport and there were some kids on the way to Ireland, some teenagers, and they're like, oh my God, man, we love your YouTube show. We love learning so much about hip hop. And I was like, wow, yeah. and everywhere I went, it was always the young people saying, thank you for taking time to teach us in something where you're not talking down to us, where you're not saying fuck mumble rap and fuck, you know, um, cause I advocate for them and I, I, and I call the older heads to task. And then like Method Man reached out to me. Tech Nine reached out to me. All the, a lot of uh, Sidon X, brand new being like reached out like keep doing what you're doing for the culture. We like that you're educating the youth and you're giving us an, another perspective on what they're going through. Because like through studying and researching for the show, like I discovered Lil Peep who was great. I'm not a huge fan of Lil Pump, but before I didn't know the difference. Anyone with yeah. Lil in front of their name was garbage to me. Yeah, And then I, when I was forced to listen to it, I was like, oh, this kid is... You know, I was going through a divorce. Here I am, my late 30s, going through my first divorce, and this 21-year-old has the same pain in his music that I'm feeling. And I don't... You know, and unfortunately he passed away because there's a lot of pain for that kid to deal with. But I was feeling his music, and I was like, wow, this is not what we think it is, you know? And so I would use that platform to bring it out. So now I feel like I am really... um I feel like I am qualified enough to be the president of hip hop.
0: Well, good. Uh, and so that that makes me that makes me wonder: where do you think hip hop is <laughs> is headed next, uh, just as a genre? Um,
1: man, it's a, I, it's really like with Nipsey and. Uh, People are getting my mother, Barack Obama, the letter he wrote about Nipsey. Yeah. Like in his passing, unfortunately, people are getting their eyes opening to the pastor who who did his who he didn't say he eulogized him, but what would be called a eulogy compared him to McDonald's. He's like McDonald's never has to talk bad about Burger King, but Burger King comes after the Big Mac. Carl Jr. attacks Mike McDonald's all the time, and they have the Whopper and. They have the Jumbo Jack. Everyone's trying to be the Big Mac and they do taste tests and they McDonald's and this. But he's like, well, why do we go to McDonald's? He's like, the French fries. The burger is just to draw you in, but you're there for the fries and the shakes and the McFlurry and everything else. And he's like, Nipsey's rapping was just that, the burger. He's a rapper, but the thing that why we all loved him so much is because he was a part of our community. He was active. He was putting his money where his mouth is. And I think that people realizing and rappers, young rappers realizing that music is just the music and hip hop has always been a culture and I have a friend who's a 70 something year old teacher and Denver was until she was unfairly taken out of her position but she loves hip hop. Her One of her students turned her on to Tupac and she's been a fan. She can recite you every Tupac lyric, a bunch of Merce lyrics, everything. You would not believe the things this woman knows and when people try to compare hip hop to rock or country she gets so upset she's like, Hip hop is so much more than rap music. It's it's a whole culture, and I think that that's where hip hop is going is being recognized as something more than rap music. And so the, people
0: are starting to kind of contextualize it inside the rap part of it, kind of contextualizing all other things that hip hop is. Yeah,
1: it's a movement. It's yeah. a it's a culture. It's a and now as it's aging, it's not just youth culture anymore. There's yeah. you know, like to me, Nipsey was wise beyond his years, and there are people like that. Um, that are that are highly um, educated and uh, just and motivated to make change. You know, in Sudan right now, you know, hip hop's been involved in the Arab Spring. It's been it's worldwide and it's um, it's not just about the music. And uh, yeah, I think rec- most recently the most recently heinous act against hip hop was Billboard's taking "Old Town Road" by Lil Nas X off of the country charts because it wasn't a country song. I don't know if you've heard the song. Uh, I'm going to take my horse down a one trail road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. Sounds like a country song. Yeah. But it was a black kid who made it, and he raps a little bit on it. And it was the number one country record in America. And, and they, they took it off. And they took it off the chart. said it wasn't country music. And I thought that was ridiculous. And so I tweeted them, and I, they didn't respond, of course. But I was like, this was an opportunity for our time in our country for a bunch of white people that may not ever listen to a black kid to get to listen to a black kid, and for a black kid and for black children to be embraced by that side of America at a time when politics is driving a wedge between those two factions in America. And I was like, Billboard, this is your opportunity to empower this kid and empower this community, the country music community, and make an opportunity to bridge something where our politics and our president is unfortunately keeping us apart. Yeah, and I was like, This is much bigger than your fucking charts. And it's, you know, I was like, what about it It isn't country? He's talking about a horse. His girlfriend (laughs) left him because he was a cheating, no good person. He's wearing Wranglers. He mentions all this. He has his horses in his back. He doesn't want a Porsche. He wants to ride his horse down the Old Town Road. How the fuck is this not a fucking country song? Right. And I was so proud of this kid or his label, whoever, because what he did was keep the same song and get Billy Ray Cyrus to do a feature. And now these motherfuckers can't keep it off the country chart. And I said, the best thing for him to do is try to get Metallica and get, Jose James is do a jazz version and like yeah. and then dominate every fucking genre so that people can stop making hip hop because I like they put Hotline Bling by Drake as the number one rap song but he doesn't rap a fucking word on that yeah. song he sings all the time we didn't complain and like a barb little peep little peep's not really a rapper but he's hip hop. And same thing with Lil Nas X. He's not, it's rapping, but it's a country song, but it's still hip hop. And I think that's where hip hop is going, where people have to deal with it as something that's bigger than rap music because there's dance involved with it. My child takes breakdancing classes and he loves it. And, uh, the guy who teaches the breakdancing classes grew up in a very strict Christian household and didn't start listening to rap till he was 30, <laughs> but he's been breakdancing for most of his life and has nothing to do with rap music. Yeah. It has everything to do with the culture of hip hop. And, uh, so I used to say I don't know where hip-hop is going. I don't know where rap is going because there could be a little peep. There could be a guy that has rainbow-colored hair and tattoos on his face. I would have never told you that 50 Cent and Eminem were coming. With rap music, you never know. I wouldn't have seen Little Nas X coming, but yeah. I don't know where the music is going, but I know that the um, culture is going to continue to go global and um, dominate and hopefully enrich the human existence. Well,
0: that's that's great. Uh Thank you so much for your time, man. We really, really appreciate you uh, sitting welcome. down with us. Thank you, Mike uh, and Mike, <laughs> and Orlando. And we Orlando got Orlando the over there guy. too. Um, the so security guard, yeah, Bouncing. keeping that door closed. <laughs> when does the
1: mid May? Mid May. The for Iliad is dead, and the Odyssey is, dead. is over. Mercenary wonder.
0: And they can get that everywhere. Yeah, it'll be everywhere. iTunes, yeah, everywhere. SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Uh, <laughs> no, maybe not SoundCloud, but <laughs> probably iTunes, not SoundCloud. Yeah,
1: and probably should listen to it on iTunes if you have it. Um, they pay the artists more money. Well, there you go. If you're wondering. All right. Thank you so much, man. Thank you.
0: This has been awesome. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. For more information, go to pdxspotlight.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at spotlight, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great content.